I'm Kate Daniels. We, big kids and little kids, can learn a lot when we're having fun. We're so receptive. And that's just the thing that happens at Cougar Mountain Zoo. Children love to hear the stories, see the animals in their habitat. They even get to interact with them at times. Lots of fun. Lots of learning going on. And this season, with some babies that arrived in the spring, it's sure to delight everyone. So let's meet Cougar Mountain Zoo manager Jared Munzer and hear about the latest happenings. Jared Munzer, good morning. Thank good morning. you so greatly for being here. Thank you for having us. It's me. Uh, it's just me here. It's <laughs> just you, but you represent a yep. lot of people and a lot of animals, too. That's right. Yep. The Cougar Mountain Zoo in Issaquah. We're home to numerous endangered species and recently some new reindeer babies. And actually, that's what really got my attention right now. There's so much that's wonderful and great about Cougar Mountain Zoo. But the babies, since you mentioned them, let's talk about those delightful <laughs> little uh, imps. Uh, Are they impish? Bundles of fur. No, we no, we don't want to refer to them that way. Even though sometimes we may feel like that, but we don't we don't want to regularly refer to them that way. They're all doing great. We actually got some new female reindeer acquired by the zoo back in February, and all of the reindeer that we brought in were in fact pregnant. So we wanted to bring in some new female bloodlines to pair up with our boys that we had at the zoo, and uh, we knew ahead of time that they were pregnant and expecting and. They all gave birth to healthy babies, and we were real fortunate for that. Uh, very, very, very good that that they were all born and healthy. And um, we had two girls and three boys born, and they're all doing great. And, of course, they probably came from different zoos as well. They all came from the same zoo. Same. Um, they came together. They were part of a larger herd there, came to us, and we had to go through a bit of a process to integrate them into the, our herd. Uh, but once they were mixed in with everybody, everybody was getting along great. Of course, when the first baby was born, that shook things up quite a bit because all the other reindeer want to get as far away from that new baby as they possibly can. Oh. And then uh, that first baby came out, everybody was on the other side. Then the second baby came and everybody know, didn't know where to go. So they were <laughs> surrounded by babies at that point. But um, it's been a lot of fun with them. So they're they're doing great. We're halter training them. Uh, getting them to the point where they're comfortable being around us all the time, being around the guests. They'll actually be used uh, for educational programs. We can take them out. We have a vehicle that we use. We go all around the area uh, to schools, different events, things like that, trying to spread our, our mission of conservation through education. Do you actually take the babies to the schools? We will once they're a little bit older. Okay. Not quite yet. They're still with mom all the time. Um, once the reindeer go into the breeding season in August, they go through a natural weaning process. And at that point, we'll be around them all the time. So it's kind of like they're trading one mom for an aunt or an uncle, something like <laughs> that, with two legs. So they become real familiar with us. We'll be around them all the time, hand feeding them, and they'll just follow us around everywhere. So how old are they? Uh, the first one was born April 12th, and then the last one was born May 21st, I believe. The youngest one is a month, and the oldest one is about two months, I think, if I did my math right. <laughs> yeah, it's right <laughs> in that range. Yeah, and then we had those two and then three in the middle, so it's all been a big whirlwind. I guess. And are they like baby calves and colts where they come out basically being able to walk even if they're a little walking? Yeah, very, very soon after birth, they're up and moving. They're actually able to follow mom around within the first hour of being born. Not for very far distances, but they can follow from where they're born to a nice 
area where they can lay down and nurse and they'll actually nurse on the mom while they're all laying down together. It's really, really neat to see because most animals don't do it that way or most of the hooved animals don't, but they'll actually crawl right in there. Mom will lay down, let them nurse. And then after maybe four or five sessions like that, they're up and on the move. So out in the wild, they would give birth in a secluded area away from the herd to help protect the baby, be somewhere quiet. And then they want to be back with the herd again with the baby when everybody starts moving. Being back integrated in the herd helps protect the baby from predators. So it sounds as though like in the wild, mom and baby stay separate for quite a while. Is that why here at the zoo, the adult animals kind of went to the other yes, side? They'll, yeah, they'll go away from, from the new mom and the new baby. And also, you know, that's to give them their space, but it's also because new moms can be a little protective, a little angry at times. So, you know, they're, they stay as far away as they can. They don't, just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's something that's kind of neat too. We can tell when we come in in the morning, you know, because that's typically when they're born late in the evening or early in the morning before we get there. And uh, when that first baby was born, all the other reindeer were down at the front of the exhibit. Do a quick count. You're missing one walk straight up the hill and there she is with her baby. So you can almost tell right when you see everybody else in the morning. What a great way to communicate. It's just Yeah, it's reading. a good way good way to start the day with a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that really brings to mind then what the Cougar Mountain Zoo is all about. What you're sharing with us, Jared, is such great information educating us about yep. what happens and it's right here in our neighborhood and that's that's one of the things that we really strive for is conservation through education because these animals that we house at the zoo we have some that are native to the area like the cougars you know even gray wolves can be found in the northwest but the, some of the other species that we have they're half a world away you know and how are you supposed to get people to care about them or want to do anything to save them if there's not an educational environment where they can come see them. So that's what we try to do. We make all our animals accessible. They're all viewable at the zoo. We do educational programs all throughout the day to try to get people involved with conservation and to give them a reason to want to do that, not just by going and seeing them somewhere, but actually see them interacting with the keepers or doing things with the guests also. And that's the opportunity we have at Cougar Mountain Zoo. Right. All day long. Yep. Right? Yep. We have programs that go all day long from uh, about mid-morning till just before closing at the end of the day. There's always something. We have special uh, different programs that aren't necessarily scheduled that you can come to the zoo and schedule yourself. One, for instance, that we just started as a brand new tiger feeding opportunity. So we call it the tiger feeding experience where you can actually come and for a small donation, you get to feed the tiger yourself. And that's something new that we started just a couple months ago that's been great. I mean, the tigers, of course, love it. You know, they're getting, getting fed. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting treats by people that aren't the ones giving them the treats all day. So that's fun for them. They're very involved with that. And one of the most exciting things about it is people get a wonderful interaction with the animal. You know, it's, it's very individualized. It's not like you're standing there with a whole group of people doing it. It's, it's individual. You know, we try to do groups that come together we'll do them all at once but you know the cats are right there they're talking to you through the fence you know doing some of their vocalizations you actually really get to see the individual personality of an animal that most people don't expect to have a personality so it's it's a very cool experience and through that that personality is when we really begin to identify that this is is a living being right i think we begin to care more 
Right. When you when you can actually see it right there in front of you and see what it does, you have such a greater appreciation for for what it is, you know, versus seeing it, you know, in a book or or on a TV screen. You know, you really can't connect with it. But when you can sit there and look at it in its eyes, you know, and see a reaction from it when it sees you or, you know, the way it responds to something subtle that you do, it really gives you that appreciation for them even just talking about it, I sense this, <laughs> but it also makes me connect it with my dog and thinking of the treats. My dog never tires of treats. Oh, you know, she yeah. could just have it constantly. So it sounds like right. the tigers are just right. Once you that. find what they like, you're, well, usually you're set. Every now and then you have those off days. Everybody has a day where they wake up on the wrong side of the bed or <laughs> the wrong side of the the straw bed, however you want to put it. Yeah. But, you know, the way we do our training with all the animals, doesn't matter whether it's one of the macaws, these baby reindeer, or the big tigers, it's all through positive reinforcement. So we don't make them do anything they don't want to do. We'll ask them to do something. If they do it, they get a reward for it. And that's the way all of our training is based. And we vary it up so it's not always the same every day. Um, one of the programs that we have for the tigers is uh, a training session that we'll do during the week. Um, sometimes we'll go up there, we go through our whole training routine and everything. So you can actually see the tigers being worked by the keepers, you know, and that's how they actually actively participate in their own healthcare, um, is by going through these different routines. And sometimes based on the day, we'll change it up. We might go in there and give them melons, you know, when it's real hot, we'll freeze some melons and roll them through the exhibit and they go running after them and get to really sink their claws and teeth into them. And they love that, um, so we try to make everything as, as fun and rewarding for the animals as possible because it makes them feel comfortable. They'll sit out in areas where the guests can come right up and see them. You're not peering around through the back of an exhibit or anything like that. Everything is, is right there for you. I'm intrigued by the experience of them running after the frozen melons. It's all oh. instinct. <laughs> <laughs> it's that whole predatory chase instinct. How many tigers are there? There's four tigers at the zoo. And so four large tigers, that, that's a fair bit of food. How oh, many yeah. melons would you have to be freezing? <laughs> that's just a special treat. There's no oh. no nutritional value in the melons for them. They're they're strict carnivores. So when they eat something that's that's uh not the, not meat like that, it just kind of goes in and comes out. Okay, that's it. <laughs> for a large animal like that, that frozen melon, maybe it's just an ice cube. It's it's more of a toy than anything. There's one of them who will sit there and eat the whole melon, but yeah, you know, he just does that because it's fun for him. But the other ones just kind of tear it all apart, and then it's a big mess for the keepers to clean up. But it's worth it to watch them, you know, run across and chase something and carry it around, and it's a lot of fun. And that's the key thing here is to have that enjoyment, right. education that's going on by being right there present yep. as all of this happens. Yep. And we try to change it up all the time. So you're not always, you know, if you're a member that's, and that's something that's great about our zoo. We have a wonderful membership program. Um, when you come out for these programs, you're not seeing the same thing every time. You know, a lot of the things we do with the animals are pretty routine because that's what makes them comfortable is being able to, to be established in a routine and know what's coming and all that. But any surprises are usually fun surprises for them. So it's neat to see the animals react to something new. Yes. Well, 
And that's the thing. But you mentioned also membership. I, I want to key in on that at this point just because that is an invaluable gift, whether we give it to ourselves or present it to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's just a wonderful way to have regular connection with all that's going on at Cougar Mountain Zoo. Right. At the zoo, we have a we have a wonderful membership program with lots of benefits. Um, for those specific benefits, the best way to find out about them is on our website, www.cougarmountainzoo.org. And uh, it's all listed on there or come visit the zoo. And one of the things that we do is uh, if you go to the zoo for the first time, you know, you go through, you do your admission and you like everything, we'll actually apply that day's admission towards the membership if you get it on that same day. So it, it's a really a great opportunity. And the membership pays for itself within a few visits and it gets you in, you know, to any of the events that we have at the zoo. It's good during December for our reindeer festival during the holidays. Um, it's really a, a wonderful way to contribute to the zoo, but also be a part of everything that we do. And the great part of it then is that you know as things happen, because you're going to get those alerts either by mail or email, you're just going to be well informed. Oh yeah. And we have, you know, we have people who have been members with the zoo for a long time. And I was talking earlier about, you know, how people have this appreciation for the animals when they can really get close to them and see them. We have some members that have been members with us for several years since some of the the cougars or the tigers were babies. And, you know, they participated in some of the baby encounters that we had when they were very young. These people are still coming out as members today, you know, six to ten years later. And those animals remember those people that came around when they were babies. So it's a it's a very neat experience if you if you take advantage of everything that we have to offer. Oh, that blows me away. That they have that kind of a memory. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, certain certain species more than others, and it really depends on on what you did or maybe how involved you were. Um, you know, or even if if you come around all the time and you, you know, you talk to the animals, they they know who you are. They'll get comfortable with you and they'll come over. They might sit by the fence. You know, when you're there. You know, not everybody. So. Yes. You know, don't don't think you can just show up and the tigers are going to come sit next to you. It doesn't always work that way. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty neat to see some of these members that came out, you know, when our tigers were babies. And uh, they just sit there, start start talking a little bit. The tiger gets up and walks over. They remember. Yeah, that is so wonderful. And the thing about this, as we think about, well, the people who have been doing this over a long period of time, I know when we often do this conversation later in the year, when we get to the holidays, uh, because there's the great reindeer festival, a lot of those families do it either annually or they have some sort of way that they commemorate this on a regular basis. And they've been coming since the whole festival began. Right, since the festival began or since their children were very tiny now they're built bringing their children's children um, it's a wonderful time of year to bring the families out to the zoo especially if it's your first time because it really gets you you know it it gives you an idea of what we're really all about there you know it's very centralized and focused around the reindeer and the holidays at that time but it really is a great fundraiser for us that's one of our being a nonprofit. That's one of our primary fundraisers at the zoo. We do outreaches with the reindeer. We'll take them out. You know, all that goes back to the zoo, you know, and the festival itself. You know, it's really a way of generating funds for the zoo and keeping the animals happy and well cared for. And that, we want to underscore, is so critically important 
to support real gems like this, yep. that they exist and continue to thrive in our community. Oh, absolutely. We don't get any federal, state, or local government funding of any kind. Our funding strictly comes from donations or admissions receipts, uh, sales in the gift shop, our encounters, things like that. We have some donors that are very good to us, but the primary right there is admission and membership. And that's what keeps us running right there. Because if people keep caring about the animals and want to come see them and enjoy what we're doing, they're going to keep coming to the zoo and it'll allow us to continue thriving forward with our mission and succeeding everywhere. And that's exactly what we want, to do the best for the animals and spread our message of conservation through education. It's such a win-win because we get to be really involved and see these animals in basically not maybe their natural habitat, but close to it. We see them in nature. And to start at a young age for our children to see this, that is a great education. Right. To be able for kids to be able to go when they're very young to a zoo like this and actually be able to navigate through the whole area. You know, the way we're situated and structured, it's very easy for kids to walk around the whole zoo and and truly appreciate everything that's there as much as a three or four year old can appreciate something that that they can't hold in their hands, you know, but to be able to go around and, you know, hand feed the alpaca or, you know, watch the tigers go swimming in the pool or see the baby reindeer, you know, there's so much going on at that space where everybody can truly appreciate it. And when the kids keep coming back and back, they they look forward to it. You know, we have a wonderful bird show that we do every day and the kids absolutely love that. And, you know, there's some kids that even, you know, I'll walk through and watch the show as it's going on. There's kids reciting, you know, what the keepers are saying on stage because they've seen it so many times. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun for, for kids. Yes. Think of the then that kind of sidebar type of education that's going mm-hmm. on, yep. how children are picking things up and, and learning. And that's that's one of the neatest things, too, when you sit there and you're walking through the zoo and after one of the uh, educational mini lectures that we do, you hear the little kids, you know, reciting everything and they're sitting around spouting all these facts that they just learned from the keepers. It's it's really neat. Yes, that is so great. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about you and your being here as the zoo manager. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned zookeepers. So right. prior to this role, you were a zookeeper. Here. I was a zookeeper. Yep. And that means taking care of all the animals? It, it means everything from raking and cleaning up after the animals to, to feeding and training, taking part in the health care and all that. It, it's a very rewarding, hardworking job. It's not an easy job. You know, it's something that everybody everybody who loves animals wants to get into and start doing, but it's, it's a lot of work and it's a very tough field to crack into um, just because there aren't a lot of opportunities to do it. It's kind of one of those situations where the jobs are less available than the people who want to do it. So there's not a lot of room to get right in, but the easiest way to do it is to volunteer or do internships programs. And we have a wonderful program of each at Cougar Mountain Zoo. We take in volunteers regularly who act as educational docents through the zoo. So they'll go around, they'll tell guests about the animals. And sometimes even those volunteers get to take part in some of the things that we do. We used most of our volunteers as guinea pigs for our tiger feeding experience. So that was good for them, most of them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. <laughs> but um, they get to do that. And then we have a wonderful internship program also where interns get to take part in some of the animal care each week, but they also primarily work in the educational part of it also, because that's actually the most important part. Um, 
yes, the keepers are the ones who take care of the animals. They're the ones who know the animals. But in order to get people to care about the animals, that's where the education is so important. And that's what allows us to have our great keeping staff that we have is our wonderful education department. And for yourself, being involved as you've been here at Cougar Mountain and elsewhere, was there formal education that went on? Did you go to college, university for any kind of background, or was it all really this kind of hands-on? I, I did go to college for, you know, for a science background, um, but it was primarily hands-on. Mm-hmm. So I was, a, I was fortunate enough while I was going to college to be able to get a job at a zoo. And uh, it all just kind of snowballed from there. And here we are about 12 years later. (laughs) Well, that is wonderful. And yet there are people who have other kinds of work that they do, be it in computers Mm -hmm. or uh, as educators in, in schools or that kind of thing. They enjoy the volunteer because it just gives them a, a different outlet right. to do this. They don't necessarily want to even do they it. They don't have to do the dirty work. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to step in anything gross. They're not shoveling anything. You know, it, it's a very clean way to appreciate, you know, what we do and also to be around the animals every day. Because that's something also. We have several. I was talking about the members who have been with us for a long time. We have some volunteers that have been with us a very long time also. And they, you know, probably have one of the most rewarding experiences because they're walking around in a uniform close to ours. So, of course, the animals kind of single them out because they're familiar and everything. So they, they really respond to the volunteers that they know also. So quite a wonderful benefit oh, yeah. that comes along yep. with it. Many benefits, that being one of them. Yep. So let's cycle back again, Jared, to the reindeer, Mm -hmm. which is how we had started the baby reindeer. We should mention that the Siberian herd is the largest in the country, right? Our herd is the largest at a zoo in the country, yes. Oh, we've we've got a lot now with these new babies. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to see them in a big group like that because in the wild, they are in a large herd. Their herd actually does one of the largest land migrations of all mammals. They can travel up to 800 miles a year throughout their migration patterns, and that goes seasonally. They go with the changes of the weather and everything. And it's very neat to see them in that sort of environment. We're not in a place where they can migrate like that, but the way their enclosure is set up, you know, they're constantly moving around. So you actually see them function as a herd as opposed to going somewhere and seeing two or three of them. It's a whole different dynamic. When you have just a couple that are together, they do some herd-like things but they tend to be more of an individual that way. But when you put them all together, yeah, you have your individual personalities, but they're really a unit. And that's really, really neat to see. Um, You know, when you can see the animals acting as close as they would in the wild, but still, you know, have a relationship with the people that take care of them, that's really cool to, to be a part of and it's neat to see. And with these reindeer, you know, during the holidays in December when we do our reindeer festival at the zoo, that's one of the neatest times to be around them because we actually change the exhibit up a little bit. You can go up the house, see Santa up there, get your picture with him, but you can feed the reindeer along the way. And how many places do you actually get to see real live reindeer during the holidays? Exactly. So it's, it's pretty fun. Yes. And that's the exciting thing that come this December. These babies, they'll be a little older. They'll be adolescents. Do you consider yep. them that? They're they're not fully mature till they're between one and three years old, depending on whether they're male or female. The females mature a little quicker than the males do. But yeah, the babies are, they're the most fun to watch because they have the highest energy. You know, they're running around playing and 
we call it pronging around. They bounce around all over the place, you know, and when they play, it's a lot of fun, especially if it snows, they love the <laughs> snow. So, and that was something this year that was really fun. We actually had quite a bit of snow and uh, it was real neat seeing the reindeer run around out there chasing each other around. And <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool. It almost makes you want to have a snow making machine. Well, maybe uh, no, not, not quite. No, no. <laughs> don't, don't want that. No. What we do want, though, it just sounds like such a great thing is to come out to the zoo anytime now through the remainder of summer when the kids are out of school yep. and see the babies at this see size. See them as they grow because yes. this is when they do the majority of their growing. So they're constantly changing. If you come out a couple weeks after they're born, they look completely different then than they do at a month old. When they're born, they're tiny little dark brown, almost black lumps of fur. They don't do a lot at that stage, you know, because they're still nursing and, you know, getting strong on their legs. And they, they tend to stay under the trees, but they'll, you know, follow mom around everywhere. But then as they start to grow up and they know how their legs work and they really start moving, that's when they're a lot of fun to watch. And the neatest thing is they're actually starting, they have their first set of antlers already. So they'll start growing their first set of antlers when they're about a month old. Um, they start out as tiny little nubs. You know, you can actually feel around on their head and feel them underneath the fur. And then within a week, you know, they're about six inches tall already. So they grow very, very fast. Um, well, not six inches in a week, maybe two <laughs> weeks. They grow about a half inch a day. And I'm not a math expert, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they grow very, very quickly. And um, the reindeer are neat because they're the only species of deer where males and females have antlers. So wow. the, uh, they use their antlers for completely different things. Males use them uh, during the breeding season to fight other males to decide who gets to breed. Um, so the males actually drop their antlers around November or December when the breeding season's over. It's the females that hang on to their antlers until usually after the babies are born. So they'll use them to, to protect the babies, but they also use them to dig through the snow and forage real down low to get to food during the winter. So the reindeer are, are very, very specialized feeders. They have a, a very unique, varied diet because during the winter months and where they are in their migration, different foods are available to them. So they have to be able to find it. And the, one of the neatest things about them is that their bodies are designed to basically tolerate these harsh conditions for about six months and survive on minimal calorie intake. So they're going around eating, you know, frozen moss and lichens, tiny little clumps of growth, you know, that are two feet down in the snow and they, they thrive on it. And it's, it's, they're a really fascinating, strange animal. <laughs> <laughs> And this is what we learn and right. learn more in depth. Yep. And coming out at this time, seeing the babies and come again in the fall and then in December to see them as right. part of the festival. Yep. They'll be part of the herd then. They'll actually be, uh, you know, interacting with the guests a little bit more, you know, because they, they're at the point right now where they're still figuring out what the treats are. You know, they're not, they're not quite 100% on, hey, somebody threw an apple in here that's good. I want to go get it. They're still watching the adults do all that. But once they figure out what those treats are, they're right up there out <laughs> for everybody to see. They'll actually be sticking their noses through the fence and everything. And they're they're a lot of fun at this age. Like, me, 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 see yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I'm so cute. 
Oh, this is so wonderful. And it's right here. It's so easy. Right in everyone's backyard. Yep. Yes, our backyard. So the website, let's mention it just in case anyone needs yep. to get www.cougarmountainzoo.org. It has all of our information, such as our hours, our rates. Um, it gives a breakdown of all of our different educational programs that we offer. Uh, the ones that are scheduled and also the extra ones that aren't scheduled that you can do individually. It has uh, all of our contact information if you want to get in touch to book a tour or things like that. And we also do wonderful birthday parties at the zoo. That's something that's a lot of fun for the kids too. You can tailor it pretty much to whatever you want, but those are a lot of fun. And especially if you book, we have what's called the Celebration House, which is right at the base of the reindeer exhibit. So if you're in there having your birthday celebration, the reindeer are right there behind you. <laughs> and you will get to see those babies oh, yeah. really yep. close up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what a lot of fun. And besides the fun, the fact that it is so important, critically important to our world right. to have this kind of education and support. Right. Our world is changing every day, whether it's in the sense that we think of it as a society or on the global scale, you know, the physical earth as a whole is changing. And, you know, with that, the animals are adapting, we're adapting to all these changes. And the more we can learn about these animals and the more people care about these animals and want to do something about them, it in turn is going to be great for the entire earth as a whole, not just us locally. So the message is, Come on out. Come on out. Come on We're out. Here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Cougar Mountain Zoo. Yep, Cougar Mountain Zoo. We have lots of great opportunities to offer. And, you know, right there on the website, we also have a Facebook page. Um, and that's where you'll start to see, you know, some of the fun baby pictures. We put them up on there pretty regularly. <laughs> oh, super. Well, Jared Munzer, I so appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thanks for being here and doing such amazing work in our Thank community. You. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome.